When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. So let's start the show like we always do, but a touch differently with this. Big hit. Back 20 rows by Dean Jones. A smashed away spur of the wicket on the lakeside. Dino defined the way that people like you and I loved cricket as kids. Uh, the way that he danced and the way that he ran and the way that he spoke and the way that he took on attacks and took on anyone, really. Uh, his person, he was a tour de force. And such a massive personality, such a huge contribution to the game as an Australian cricketer, indeed as a Victorian cricketer. So he's hit that, it's going straight down the ground, will it be over? It's six, a beautiful shot from Dean Jones, just short of a length it was, and he heaved it over the boundary of square leg, just what the doctor ordered. You know, you can look in the guy's eyes, some players unreadily recognise that they're not so comfortable. And only a matter of time before you probably get them out. With Dave Jones, he, he never showed that kind of emotion, really. You can't tell if he's scared, if he's nervous or anything. You know, he's just one of those guys that always believe in his ability and believe that it doesn't matter what you throw at him. He will always get the better of you. Uh, the last voice you heard was that of a fearsome opponent, and you can hear the respect coming through. Curtly Ambrose um, reflecting on the life of Dean Jones, as will our next guest. The head of our SEN cricket coverage is my next guest, Jared Waitley. Jared, it's a sad morning. Kane, good morning. It is. It's terribly sad. And, and what was immediately clear last night is that a generation of sporting fans lost their childhood hero. And this is especially true, I think, if you if you grew up in Melbourne, where I suspect for a period of time, a teenager's bedroom wall was competed for between Dean Jones and Kylie Minogue. <laughs> and I can imagine many a 40-something rummaging around in the garage today or in the cupboard under the stairs looking for that old county or that old kookaburra bat, which... Was the which was inspired by Dean Jones, which she wielded like few others. Uh, I know I had a, a mercantile mutual Victorian shirt, which was signed by him probably mm. slightly beyond when you should have been wearing these things. But <laughs> as a teenager, as that that was that was the uniform for the for the summer when you went out into the front yard or the backyard in the street. And what you say is true is is he was the figure that so many of us wanted to be. He played with a bustling energy. The right word that, that's been used, Robert Craddock's used it perfectly this morning, is maverick. He was a maverick. He was a pioneer. He was audaciously talented. And he's he's a figure from our imaginations. 
19,188 first-class runs for Victoria. He was a great Victorian, Jared, and he remains Victoria's greatest ever run scorer. The buzz, the noise when he strode out to the wicket at the MCG. So he was quintessentially Victorian. That's true, and that, that does go to some of the way that we follow our cricket. He was quintessentially Victorian, I think, in a way that I'm sure the state feels that he was hard done by on a national front. He played 52 test matches. The Premier, in his tribute last night, said he should have played more, and that, that's what we all believe. Mm. He never made a century in national colours on the MCG, but rather gloriously he made a century against Australia on the MCG in a rather curious post-World Cup fixture where he played for a World eleven and perhaps had the crowning moment that he'd always searched for at the ground. Uh, he... He, his work for the... I don't think they were the Bush Rangers at that stage, although I'll stand corrected if they were, but his work in Victorian colours at a time when all of that was televised and you could tap into it. And yes, as there was... I do think when you go back and watch these World Series games on 501 at the moment on, on Fox Cricket, and they're from the late 80s and the early 90s, and they are a time capsule. They're a time capsule of... Our community, they're a time capsule of our cricket, they're a time capsule of a moment in our lives. And the centrepiece of so many of them is Dean Jones. He was a pioneer of the 50-over game. And I think his energy, his bustle between the wickets, as you rightly point out, the, the zinc on his lip is you can remember the 145 that he made at the Gabba. You can remember it from a time when you were watching it. And then it, it does, it, it, it reverberates around now. And maybe never more so needed than over the next couple of days. So I was an 80s kid, Jared, and it's hard to explain to the next generation, say, for my kids, my oldest is 14, what 50-over cricket did to um, the sun. Like, you were captivated for 100 overs when I was growing up. You just didn't take your eyes off one-day cricket. You thought, what is this? This is the best thing I've ever seen. Now, that's disappeared, of course. It's not as prevalent now because of T20 cricket. And he was at the forefront of that. He, he revolutionised the game of one-day cricket and he brought an excitement to the sport that we hadn't seen. Yes, that, that's, that's exactly it. So he, he radiated energy when he played and the way he ran between wickets, the way he fielded. He was everything that that, that, that modern game uh, forecasts for cricket. He, he embodied all of it and he would dance down the wicket. And some of the clips around this morning, which if you jump on Twitter and Rob Moody is circulating them and, and the games that will be there across Fox Cricket, is that they, they are not at all out of place with the way that, that cricket has evolved to T20. So he was every bit ahead of his time. And in a way, you could you could look at his cricket and say, well, of course it became T20 thereafter. He would have been the most naturally suited player of his generation to what is currently there. And he, he was one of the most inquisitive minds. Um, he, he always had theories at play, as you've heard some of that from Ian Healy. And if you read Crash this morning, he had a theory around everything, especially T20 cricket, where his intellect was treasured around the world. And, mm. and I think he felt neglected that it wasn't valued at home in the same way. Is He was a much sought-after coach in other parts of the world, but, but not in the BBL. But he, if you think about what T20 cricket, what the Big Bash has been over recent years in Australia, is that's what... 50 over cricket was for for us as kids in the summer it revolved around it when it was on you didn't leave it yeah uh, what sort of character was he um post his international playing career so he 
enjoyed holding the the fire to the feet of authority and perhaps that is because of the way that his career ended so it is just before we deal with how he was in his post it is worth going back on on his test record which is underplayed mm. so his iconic in, in innings is the double century in madras it was his third test match he was batting three for australia and he made 210 and this was at a time where these games weren't shown live and yet it infiltrated its way into how we understood jones and the clips that we saw and he finished with the with the white cloth tied around his neck and he'd been doubled over and he'd been vomiting to the side of the to the pitch uh, he was a pitcher of absolute exhaustion, and Alan Border found the right way just to spare him on. He said, "Well, if you're if you're exhausted, I'll get a Queenslander to come and finish the job." <laughs> alluding to Greg Ritchie, and that was just yeah. enough for Dino, who revelled in telling that story. Is yeah. I don't think you've lived if you haven't heard Dean Jones tell his story of the 210. There, he made a double century at the Adelaide Oval against Marshall, Patterson, Ambrose, and Walsh, the most fearsome attack of its kind. He batted five in the 89 Ashes triumph and he made centuries at Edgbaston and the Oval. And then the end of his career makes no sense on paper. And this is what we lived is, and this is where I do think that the quintessential Victorian part comes into it. His dropping was an injustice and you can try to try to gloss over it all these years later, but it was wrong. His mm. final test on home soil, he made a century and his penultimate test in Sri Lanka, he made 77 and a hundred. And then all of a sudden Damien Martin was preferred to him in the, in the Gabba test and it broke his heart. He, he lost the, the passion to play for Australia because he'd been dispensed with too easily by the national selectors in a moment where they shouldn't have. He should have remained in that test side for longer than his 52 matches. And it probably speaks to when you're a kid or a teenager, this is where you learn that the picking of test teams has a bit more to do than with just the numbers on paper. There's a, there's a politics involved. There's, there's personality prejudice involved. And I think... Jones fell on the wrong side of that. And thus, he he was abrasive towards authority um, in his post-cricket days and, you know, quite justifiably so. Um, so, he, yes, he, he deeply loved cricket. He had all manner of theory around bettering the game and bettering individuals. He had a passion for grassroots cricket. So anyone who's listened over, you know, over this year, the conversations you will have heard when that he was having with Dwayne around um, around grassroots cricket in Victoria and the threat on that front. So he treasured his time at Carlton and he, and he had the idea that the cricket is a ground-up sport and if a governing body threatened that, then they were to be challenged. They were to be challenged forcefully and, and publicly. And, yeah, so he, um, he didn't... You probably would live a little bit of this, mm. Kane. He didn't mm. pander to those who who held sway or the majority opinion of the day, and he was happy to to rattle the cage. He was happy to do it in his commentary. He was happy to do it in his writing. He was happy to do it in private conversation. Uh, uh, the only dealings I had with Dean Jones was him challenging me on Twitter one day about something I said with AFL, and that, that was just that. And that's what I loved about him. And every time he was on, I this is refreshing. This is someone who's not towing the party line. And um, we had a bit of a, an exchange on Twitter, which I enjoyed as well. So finally, Jared, how, how will you remember the contribution um, to Australian sport from Dean Jones? I'll, yeah. I'll remember his batting as enlivening my, my youth and just what a, 
what a picture of mastery and energy that he was. I'll think back on those afternoons and evenings where we were transfixed by what he was doing in in canary gold or in canary yellow or Australian gold, depending on what your particular view of. He belongs in a very specific period of of time, both for cricket and for for life. So so he will always be a time capsule. I mean, think of another player who would have asked Kirtley Ambrose to take off the wristbands during a spell and, and what it ended up costing his team. So he was, mm. he was audacious. He was magnificently gifted. He was full of energy. He was a master with the bat and he was, he was a life force for so many of us in what he was able to, to do. He was the ultimate entertainer and he was a wonderful maverick. Cricket was, was richer. Our childhoods were richer for, for his presence and he will long and fondly be remembered. And as we always do on this station, we'll give you your opportunity to pay your tributes to Dean Jones, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Can I just ask you, 20 years to the day uh, since Cathy Freeman won gold for Australia at the 2000 Olympics in what I think is probably the most iconic Australian sporting event ever, your memories of that, we're going to speak to Bruce McAvaney who called it. I've got a couple of questions on this. But firstly, where were you? Were you covering it for the ABC? I was with Channel 10 at the time and I was in Sydney covering the games as, as part of their team. We were, we were staying in a, it wasn't a converted convent or monastery, it was still an active one. So it was a, I'd done my work for the day and, and we'd gone back to whatever our compound was and, and there were rules around it. It was a dry venue um, and we all gathered around the TV to watch it, knowing that it was the, the culmination of, like to, to put yourself back in the build-up, it was a four- to six-year build-up, mm. and it was specifically honed to this one race. And I, I, the, what I most strongly remember after it is, is my wife, Claire, rang me immediately after Cathy had, had won, and Claire is not a sports devotee, and she's never rung me in such circumstances just to share the glow of a sporting event. <laughs> and that's what that's, and I think that speaks to how it moved all of us. It was something that we were so invested in. I, I agree. It is when these polls tend to be done, it's either Australia 2 winning the America's Cup or it's mm. Kathy Freeman winning the signature gold medal at our home Olympics. And it has to be Freeman for me. There's a whole lot locked up in in Australia 2, including sort of that national character of trying something. But it was as if the New York Yacht Club was our natural enemy and that couldn't be further from the truth. Is The ingenuity is tied into it with the winged keel and John Bertrand and Alan Bond is a compounding factor in it. But it's nowhere near as pure as what Cathy Freeman did. And, and, it's, and it's nowhere near is watching those boat races is... They were infernally long and tremendously boring, but there was just so much. I think it lives more for Bob Hawkes. You know, anyone who gets who mm. sacks a worker for not being is a bum. <laughs> bum. Um, yeah. Yes, it, but Kathy Freeman was something that we all gathered for. It was a short, sharp sporting event. It, it, it carried all of us. The documentary the other night reminded us is what was she doing in the suit, which didn't become the norm. So again, that that's that speaks of a, a moment in time. Is it, I don't think there's been another event in my lifetime that has drawn us all together in such a way with a collective hope and yearning that she was able to deliver against that. I, I have no doubt, from my perspective, it is the, the sporting event of our lifetimes. And what makes it great also is 
the commentary from Bruce McAvaney. You're an expert in this field, Jared. Um, was it as good as it gets in terms of a, a minute piece of commentary? Yeah, it's word perfect. I mean, what that's the dream is in the biggest moment you would produce your best work. And really, the, the heart of it is, is Bruce's responsibility was to convey and to do justice to what Kathy was doing. And, and he was friends with her as well, which I think sort of elevates the stakes even further. But the fact that it is still so spine-tingling now to go back to, and I always think is you, you're not a one-person um show in these moments is you need a great expert next to you and the punctuation mark of Raylene Boyle's mm. what a relief is mm. it, it, it's just the most that is that is the perfect tandem commentary is the caller does plays his role splendidly and flawlessly and then the expert commentator drops one line which lives every bit as much as the previous minute it, as a collective it was it was two people at the top of their craft in the moment that it was most demanded doing justice to something that lives on 20 years on and will do in 50 years' time and we'll still pass this story on in 100 years' time and beyond. We'll hear from Bruce shortly. Um, it seems trivial debating all Australians and trade news and AFL finals on a morning like this, but we, we will move on because it's what we do and it's what um, makes sports so great. And you can have your say on the All-Australian team. But before I let you go, Jared, the, the biggest um, conjecture over the team that was named last night is that the selectors haven't chosen the team in positions. What was your response to the All-Australian team that was named last night? Um, it's a terrific collective, and you know the, the joy in these things is to debate them, and you don't. It's not done to be derogatory to no. those uh, who made it, because they're all uh, they're all um, entitled to a place. I, I don't have any issue with the placement of um, of Dangerfield and Martin up forward because they've played large chunks of this season, in particular, in the forward line. So that makes sense to me. The, the biggest, I, I just don't understand the error of not picking wingmen especially when you made the effort to put three of them in the squad. And there are three who have played the wing absolutely superbly all year, Menegola, Gaff and McCluggage. So to give the wings to McRae and Guthrie rang mm. hollow to me. I thought that was really unfortunate. There's, there was a, there's clearly a place to acknowledge one or two. Um, and I really do think that should have been done. Um, Dangerfield is captain. Is he's captain Geelong for huge portions of the season, and his eighth is it ties into how it's been done in recent times. So that made perfect sense. And I did think Jack Steele should have been on the ground rather than on the bench. Uh, I think he's had. I think he's going to run top three, or if not top five, in the Brownlow. Yeah. Um, there, there was a place for him, I think, on the field. But. Um, yeah, I just uh, the, the prejudice against wingers. I I don't really understand. I, I they need to have a long think about that, and it felt like they had, which is why they put three in the squad, and then they didn't put any on the ground, which just doesn't make much sense to me. Jared, thanks so much for spending your morning with us and reflecting on the life of Dean Jones. Good on you, Kane, and I. I'll be listening. I can't wait to hear calls and messages mm. from those. Who, so I'm 45, so I suspect I'm in the sweet spot, and there'll be so many of us who, who have these memories today. one 736 736 If you want to share any of those memories with us, we will open the phones very shortly and continue 
to add your pieces to it and your contribution to the show throughout the morning. Phil is waiting, Pete, Tom, Craig and Fred. And footy fans, if you're craving your footy, don't worry. There'll be lots of footy to talk about this morning. And I am fascinated in your views on the All-Australian side. I've got my thoughts on it. And a real issue that's happening in the game at the moment, and it relates to the forwards in the AFL competition and the lack of respect that we are giving genuine forwards. Everyone wants a forward when you get a good one, we don't recognise their value like we should. It is the captain's run with myself, Kane Corns. We will take plenty of your calls up next. one 736 736 is the number. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.